Chapters thirty two to thirty five, Book seven, Volume one of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume one, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book seven, Chapters thirty two through thirty five. Chapter thirty two. So when they saw that they might not overcome him, they rode from him, and took their counsel to slay his horse. And so they came in upon Sir Gareth, and with spears they slew his horse, and then they assailed him hard. But when he was on foot, there was none that he fought, but he gave him such a buffet that he did never recover. So he slew them by one and one, till they were but four, and there they fled. And Sir Gareth took a good horse that was one of theirs, and rode his way. Then he rode a great pace till that he came to a castle, and there he heard much mourning of ladies and gentlewomen. So there came by him a page. "'What noise is this?' said Sir Gareth, "'that I hear within this castle.' "'Sir Knight,' said the page, "'here be within this castle thirty ladies, and they all be widows, for here is a knight that waiteth daily upon this castle, and his name is the Brown Knight without pity, and he is the perilous knight that now liveth. And therefore, sir,' said the page, "'I rid you flee.' "'Nay,' said Sir Gareth, "'I will not flee, though thou be afeard of him.' And when the page saw where came the brown knight, "'Lo,' said the page, "'yonder he cometh. Let me deal with him,' said Sir Gareth. And when either of other had a sight, they let their horses run, and the brown knight brake his spear, and Sir Gareth smote him throughout the body, that he overthrew him to the ground stark dead. So Sir Gareth rode into the castle, and prayed the ladies that he might repose him. "'Alas!' said the ladies, "'you may not be lodged here. "'Make him good cheer,' said the page, "'for this knight hath slain your enemy.' "'Then they all made him good cheer, "'as lay in their power. "'But, wit ye well, they made him good cheer, "'for they might none otherwise do, "'for they were but poor. "'And so on the morn he went to Mass, "'and there he saw the thirty ladies kneel, "'and lay grovelling upon divers tombs, "'making great dole and sorrow. "'Then Sir Gareth wist well "'that in the tombs lay their lords.' "'Fair ladies,' said Sir Gareth, "'ye must at the next feast of Pentecost be at the court of King Arthur, "'and say that I, Sir Gareth, sent you thither.' "'We shall do this,' said the ladies. "'So he departed, and by fortune he came to a mountain, "'and there he found a goodly knight that bade him, "'Abide, Sir Knight, and joust with me.' "'What are you?' said Sir Gareth. "'My name is,' said he, "'the Duke de la Rouse. "'Ah, sir, ye are the same knight that I lodged once in your castle, "'and there I made promise unto your lady that I should yield me unto you.' "'Ah,' said the duke, "'thou art that proud knight that profferest to fight with my knights. "'Therefore make thee ready, for I will have ado with you.' "'So they let their horses run, and there Sir Gareth smote the duke down from his horse. "'But the duke lightly avoided his horse, and dressed his shield and drew his sword, "'and bade Sir Gareth alight and fight with him.' So he did alight, and they did great battle together more than an hour, and either hurt the other full sore. At the last Sir Gareth gat the duke to the earth, and would have slain him, and then he yield to him. Then must ye go, said Sir Gareth, unto Sir Arthur, my lord, at the next feast, and say that I, Sir Gareth of Orkney, sent ye unto him. It shall be done, said the duke, and I will do to you homage and fealty with a hundred knights with me and all the days of my life to do you service where you will command me. CHAPTER Thirty Three. So the duke departed, and Sir Gareth stood there alone, and there he saw an armed knight coming toward him. Then Sir Gareth took the duke's shield, and mounted upon horseback, and so without bidding they ran together as it had been the thunder. And there that knight hurt Sir Gareth under the side with his spear. 
and then they alighted and drew their swords, and gave great strokes that the blood trailed to the ground, and so they fought two hours. At the last there came the Demoiselle Lynette, that some men called the Demoiselle Savage, and she came riding upon an ambling mule, and there she cried all on high, Sir Gawain, Sir Gawain, leave the fighting with thy brother Gareth. And when he heard her say so, he threw away his shield and his sword, and ran to Sir Gareth, and took him in his arms, and Sithen kneeled down and asked him mercy. "'Who are you?' said Sir Gareth, "'that right now were so strong and so mighty, and now so suddenly yield you to me. Oh, Gareth, I am your brother, Sir Gawain, that for your sake have had great sorrow and labour. Then Sir Gareth unlaced his helm, kneeled down to him, and asked him mercy. Then they rose both, and embraced each other in the arms, and wept a great while, or they might speak, and either of them gave the other prize of battle. And there were many kind words between them. "'Alas, my fair brother,' said Sir Gawain, "'purdy I owe of right to worship you, and you are not my brother, for ye have worshipped King Arthur and all his court, for ye have sent him more worshipful knights this twelvemonth than six the best of the round table have done, except Sir Lancelot. Then came the Damoiselle Savage, that was the Lady Lynette, that rode with Sir Gareth so long, and there she did staunch Sir Gareth's wounds and Sir Gawain's. Now what will ye do? said the Damoiselle Savage. Meseemeth that it were well done that Arthur had riding of you both, for your horses are so bruised that they may not bear. Now, fair Damoiselle, said Sir Gawain, I pray you ride into Lord mine uncle, King Arthur, and tell him what adventure is to me betide here, and I suppose that he will not tarry long. Then she took her mule, and lightly she came to King Arthur that was but two mile thence. And when she had told him tidings, the king bade get him a palfrey. And when he was upon his back, he bade the lord and ladies come after, who that would, and there was saddling and bridling of queen's horses and prince's horses, and well was him that soonest might be ready. So when the king came there as they were, he saw Sir Gawain and Sir Gareth sit upon a little hillside, and then the king avoided his horse. And when he came nigh, Sir Gareth he would have spoken, but he might not, and therewith he sank down in a swoon for gladness. And so they stared unto their uncle, and required him of his good grace to be off good comfort. Which ye well, the king made great joy, and many a piteous complaint he made to Sir Gareth, and ever he wept as he had been a child. With that came his mother, the Queen of Orkney, Dame Morgaus, and when she saw Sir Gareth readily in the visage she might not weep, but suddenly fell down in a swoon, and lay there a great while like as she had been dead. And then Sir Gareth recomforted his mother in such wise that she recovered and made good cheer. Then the king commanded that all manner of knights that were under his obeisance should make their lodging right there for the love of his nephews. And so it was done, and all manner of purveyance purveyed, that there lacked nothing that might be gotten of tame nor wild for gold or silver. And then by the means of the Demoiselle Sauvage, Sir Gawain and Sir Gareth were healed of their wounds, and there they sojourned eight days. Then said King Arthur unto the Demoiselle Sauvage, I marvel that your sister, Dame Lyonesse, cometh not here to me, and in especial that she cometh not to visit her knight, my nephew, Sir Gareth, that hath had so much travail for her love. My lord, said the Demoiselle Lynette, ye must of your good grace hold her excused, for she knoweth not that my lord Sir Gareth is here. Go then for her, said King Arthur, that we may be appointed what is best be done, according to the pleasure of my nephew. Sir, said the Demoiselle, that shall be done, and so she rode unto her sister. 
and as lightly as she might she made her ready, and she came on the morn with her brother Sir Gringamore, and with her forty knights. And so when she was come she had all the cheer that might be done, both of the king, and of many other kings and queens. CHAPTER Thirty Four, And among all these ladies she was named the fairest and peerless. Then when Sir Gawain saw her there was many a goodly look and goodly words, that all men of worship had joy to behold them. Then came King Arthur and many other kings, and Dame Guinevere and the Queen of Orkney. And there the king asked his nephew, Sir Gareth, whether he would have that lady as paramour, or to have her to his wife. My lord, wit you well that I love her above all ladies living. Now, fair lady, said King Arthur, what say ye? Most noble king, said Dame Lioness, wit you will that my lord, Sir Gareth, is to me more lifer to have and wield as my husband than any king or prince that is christened, and if I may not have him, I promise you I will never have none. For, my lord Arthur, said Dame Lioness, wit ye well he is my first love, and he shall be the last, and if ye will suffer him, have his will and free choice, I dare say he will have me. That is truth, said Sir Gareth, and I have not you, and wield not you, as my wife, there shall never lady nor gentlewoman rejoice me. What, nephew, said the king, is the wind in that door? For wit ye well, I would not for the stint of my crown to be causer to withdraw your hearts, and wit ye well, ye cannot love so well, but I shall rather increase it than distress it. And also ye shall have my love and my lordship, in the uttermost wise that may lie in my power. And in the same wise, said Sir Gareth's mother. Then there was made a provision for the day of marriage, and by the king's advice it was provided that it should be at Michaelmas following, at Kink Kenadon by the seaside, for there is a plentiful country. And so it was cried in all the places through the realm. And then Sir Gareth sent his summons to all these knights and ladies that he had won in battle to fore, that they should be at his day of marriage in Kink Kenadon by the sands. And then Dame Lyonesse and the Damoiselle Linnet with Sir Gringamore rode to their castle, and a goodly and rich ring she gave to Sir Gareth, and he gave her another. And King Arthur gave her a rich pair of beads of gold, so she departed, and King Arthur and his fellowship rode toward King Kenadon, and Sir Gareth brought his lady on the way, and so came to the king again and rode with him. Lord, the great cheer that Sir Lancelot made of Sir Gareth and he of him, for there never was no knight that Sir Gareth loved so well as he did Sir Lancelot, and ever for the most part he would be in Sir Lancelot's company, for after Sir Gareth had espied Sir Gawain's conditions, he withdrew himself from his brother, Sir Gawain's fellowship, for he was vengeful, and where he hated he would be avenged with murder, and that hated Sir Gareth. CHAPTER Thirty Five. So it drew fast to Michaelmas, and thither came Dame Lyonesse, the lady of the Castle Perilous, and her sister Dame Linnet, with Sir Gringamore her brother, with them, for he had the conduct of these ladies and there they were lodged at the device of King Arthur. And upon Michaelmas day the Bishop of Canterbury made the wedding betwixt Sir Gareth and the Lady Lyonesse, with great solemnity. And King Arthur made Geharis to wed the Damoiselle Savage, that was Dame Linnet, and King Arthur made Sir Agravaine to wed Dame Lyonesse's niece, a fair lady, her name was Dame Laurel. And so when this solemnization was done, then came in the Green Knight, Sir Portlef, with thirty knights, and there he did homage and fealty to Sir Gareth, and these knights to hold him of for evermore. And Sir Pertilep said, I pray you that at this feast I may be your chamberlain. With a good will, said Sir Gareth, sith it liketh you to take so simple an office. 
Then came in the Red Knight, with threescore knights with him, and did to Sir Gareth, homage and filthy, all those knights to hold of him for evermore. And then this Sir Paramones prayed Sir Gareth to grant him to be his chief butler at that high feast. I will well, said Sir Gareth, that ye have this office, and it were better. Then came in Sir Persant of Inda, with a hundred knights with him, and there he did homage and fealty, and all his knights should do him service, and hold their lands of him for ever. And there he prayed Sir Gareth to make him his sewer-chief at the feast. I will well, said Sir Gareth, that ye have it, and it were better. Then came the Duke de la Rouse, with an hundred knights with him, and there he did homage and fealty to Sir Gareth, and so to hold their lands of him for ever. And he required Sir Gareth that he may serve him of the wine that day of the feast. I will well, said Sir Gareth, and it were better. Then came in the Red Knight of the Red Lands, that was Sir Ironside, and he brought with him three hundred knights, and there he did homage and fealty, and all these knights to hold their lands of him for ever. And then he asked Sir Gareth to be his carver. I will well, said Sir Gareth, and it please you. Then came into the court thirty ladies, and they all seemed widows, and those thirty ladies brought with them many fair gentlewomen. And all they kneeled down at once unto King Arthur and unto Sir Gareth, and there all those ladies told the king how Sir Gareth delivered them from the dolorous tower, and slew the brown knight without pity. And therefore we, and our heirs for evermore, will do homage unto Sir Gareth of Orkney. So then the kings and queens, princes and earls, barons, and many bold knights, went into meat, and well may ye wit, there were all manner of meat plenteously, all manner revels and games, with all manner of mistlery that was used in those days. Also there was great joust three days. But the king would not suffer Sir Gareth to joust, because of his new bride, for as the French book saith, that dame Lyonesse desired of the king that none there wedded should joust at that feast. So the first day there jousted Sir Lamrock de Galis, for he overthrew thirty knights, and did passing marvellously deeds of arms. Then King Arthur made Sir Persant and his two brethren knights of the round table to their lives' end, and gave them great lands. Also the second day there jousted Tristram best, and he overthrew forty knights, and did their marvellous deeds of arms. And there King Arthur made Ironside, that was the Red Knight of the Red Lands, a knight of the round table to his life's end, and gave him great lands. The third day there jousted Sir Lancelot du Lac, and he overthrew fifty knights, and did many marvellous deeds of arms, that all men wondered on him. And there King Arthur made the Duke de la Rouse a knight of the round table to his life's end, and gave him great lands to spend. But when these jousts were done, Sir Lamorac and Sir Tristram departed suddenly, and would not be known, for which King Arthur and all the court were sore displeased. And so they held the court forty days with great solemnity. And this Sir Gareth was a noble knight, and a well-ruled, and fair-languaged. Thus endeth this tale of Sir Gareth of Orkney, that wedded Dame Lyonesse of the Castle Perilous. And also Sir Geharis wedded her sister, Dame Linnet, that was called the Demoiselle Sauvage. And Sir Agrabane wedded Dame Laurel, a fair lady and great, and mighty lands with great riches gave with them King Arthur, that royally they might live till their lives' end. End of Book 7, Chapters 32-35